0: This is the new digital customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now, your hosts, the CEO of Brightloom, Adam Brotman, and Chief Product Officer Ben Straley.
1: Hey, everybody! This is Ben,
2: and this is Adam. Welcome back to the That's next great episode. To be back, yeah. yeah. So, uh, today we have uh, a special guest, Kabir Shahani, the CEO of Amparity. And it's appropriate, uh, given that we've been, the last couple episodes, we've had no guests just to kind of start the new year, start a theme around data, all the things that consumer brands can do with data, companies can do with data, all the opportunities and challenges, et cetera. So, you couldn't have a better guest than Kabir because... Kabir uh, has worked around data, and his company is very focused on data. So, Kabir, welcome.
0: Thank you, Adam. I'm I'm feeling uh, inspired by that music. Like I'm <laughs> off, we're off to a good start. I'm like I'm, I've got to skip on my step.
2: <laughs> well, that's good. And uh, we all have like hard stops at the top of the hour, so this is going to be a tight, good podcast here. So let's roll. So, Kabir, can you? Uh, we're really glad to have you. Can you? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and about Amparity, and then we'll start diving into the themes.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, as you mentioned, fortunate to be the CEO of Amparity. Uh, our mission is to help people use data to serve the customer. Uh, I have been obsessed with the idea of how people use data pretty much. I mean, probably you can go all the way back to elementary school and when I started using bulletin board services to consume information uh, on uh, what was uh, kind of the predecessor to the World Wide Web, if you will. Uh, But really got my fix uh, studying informatics in college and uh, a few years after that was fortunate to start a marketing automation business where I got a chance to really understand the commercial viability of using data and how uh, companies were using data for marketing. And when we started Amparity a few years ago, uh, you know, the inspiration really hit us where uh, the applicability of data to an enterprise and to the consumer experience in particular is, is pretty dramatic. Uh, and the opportunity to help people use data to serve their customer in a lot of different ways, whether it's customer service or marketing or analytics or how they do their own business planning uh, was really fascinating. And so we're, we're excited about the mission we're on now.
1: That's great, uh, Kabir, and, um, you know, given the trajectory that, that Amparity is on and the the sort of breadth of of uh, companies that you're working with today that are using your platform. Um, talk a little bit about the the some of the the emerging trends and um, interesting things that are happening um, with the companies that you're working with and the and the sorts of things that they're really uh, looking to do or seeking to do with with the data and the platform that you're providing.
0: Yeah, bit, you know the the really obvious one, but it's been super interesting. Is just how. All of these companies across the consumer landscape have adapted uh, in COVID times, and you know to give you perspective, eighty-five percent of our recurring revenue comes from industries that are directly impacted uh, by COVID. So we're talking brick-and-mortar retail, airlines, travel, and hospitality. Uh, and so it was—it's been fascinating to see, uh, you know, a couple things, and then and then there's some maybe less surprising ones, but you know, companies across the consumer landscape you know, really trying to better understand behaviors and patterns. And so Wyndham hotels is a great example where you would think, gosh, you know, really struggling uh, when you think about COVID uh, from a, you know, what do we do with our business and uh, this to see how they use data to, for example, uh, target customers that were within a certain driving distance to key properties uh, where they could have a kind of a, you know, getaway for the weekend type offer. Uh, as, as you might know the company's performed you know phenomenally well through this period um, because of being able to leverage data in that way uh, and so it's been it'd been really exciting to see sort of the focus on you know how do we get creative around the offers around the customer experience around the insights that we need to be able to generate those new strategies given uh, an entirely new landscape in a lot of ways and I'd say the other is, kind of the, what's old is new again, um, or, you know, what's new is old again. What's old is new again, I guess you say. Uh, Cause you know, I- I'll go back to something that uh, I remember when we were first kind of uh, fleshing out the idea of Amparity and just trying to figure out, is there even an unmet need here? And what does that unmet need look like? And I, I won't say who it is because it's unfair to this person and to this customer, but I remember uh, sitting down with a massive uh, retailer you know, global name uh, and and an incredible leader at that company. And he said, you know, we absolutely have the problem you're describing. In fact, we'll buy the software that you have uh, ambition around building if it can do one thing. Tell us how many customers we have. (laughs) And I thought to myself, you're, you know, blank company, how the hell do you not know how many customers you have? Like, that's insane. And we're seeing that trend happen a lot. Again, you know, of course, This problem has not gone away for a lot of companies, uh, but particularly with the strength of the public markets and the number of IPOs. And uh, we're seeing more and more companies trying to leverage customer data as a way to uh, better understand the economics of their business and report out the economics of their business. And so one thing that, you know, kind of second trend and, and maybe even a third here that we're seeing is how companies are using data to think about the overall, kind of reporting on their business uh, and understanding the financial levers of their business. And even uh, starting to see, as both of you know well, uh, public company investors tracking things like number of loyalty customers uh, as a key metric to to measure the health of a business. Uh, So really massive transformation happening in front of our eyes, you know, both in COVID, but also independent of that.
1: So I'm, uh, that, that raises some really interesting questions and, and things that we've talked about in, in the past and recent podcasts. Um, one of them, is, I'll ask two questions and then you can take them in whichever order you, you're comfortable. But one of them is um, just the nature of, of the size and dimensions of the businesses that are really kind of figuring this out now. Um, w- what sort of a sense do you have for any patterns there? Is it just sort of endemic to any customer-facing business? And then the second question is, within these organizations, where where are the pockets of um, of interests that are really driving this uh, engagement with you? Is it is it very broad now, or is it sort of focused on particular uh, areas of of these organizations?
0: Yeah, it's it's a great question because as you both know well on the company building journey, you're always trying to narrow and find that thin edge of the wedge and get super focused. And so some of this may sound counter to that, but one thing we're, we're really trying to get our heads around is the ubiquity of the opportunity and how we have focus yet don't miss out on the, the ubiquity that we have with this technology. Because to your point, we actually do see customers uh, that are you know, well before going public, maybe even you know, mid-market in terms of their own um, size and scale. Uh, and they are absolutely trying to solve this problem and, and get focus around, you know, the, the underlying metrics and numbers in their business. And then of course, you know, some of our Lighthouse, uh, you know, large com- uh, customers like uh, Kroger or Starbucks uh, or MGM Resorts, you know, that are really big businesses, you know, have the same thing. And that, you know, has, that's sort of, the I would say, the less surprising part, because we, we had a deep understanding of the, the, the business problem that, you know, any consumer-facing business, you know, was trying to tackle. Yeah. But to your point around the functional uh, intersections, you know, it started out, I'd say, you know, we've had product and market for a little, about three years, call it. And a lot of the use cases were very marketing oriented early on, right? Not surprising. How can we, you know, grow market share? How can we sell more stuff? How can we cross sell? How can we, you know, drive repeat buyers and all that and use data to help inform, uh, you know, capability we have there with companies like Brightloom and, and over the past call 12 to 15 months, the diversity of that has increased dramatically. We went from nice. marketing to marketing and then analytics teams. Uh, and now it's the finance function in a lot of companies that want to, you know, onboard this type of technology. Um, and so it really is a horizontal view of data. And I think we'll start to see companies elevate that in their own organizational structure over time, and have data be uh, and and customer data be something that is truly really cross functional.
1: Um, Kabir, I think uh, you know one of the things that we had talked about in a previous that Adam and I had talked about in a previous uh, uh, episode was. The the sort of five basic use cases that we're seeing for data, and you've touched on on several of these already. Um, starting with marketing, because that tends to be where our focus is, as as you know, as Brightloom. But beyond that, to um, business intelligence, which you mentioned uh, in the finance realm with sort of forecasting and benchmarking and business planning, and then the the um, the last area was really around R&D, you know, product R&D, so really understanding um, trends in customer behavior as it relates to the sorts of products and services that um, uh, you know, the business is in the business of providing to customers. And I'm, I'm curious if you could sort of go a little bit deeper into where you are seeing uh, or maybe you have a few kind of interesting examples of how customers you're working with are solving problems in in one or the or more of those areas with data and your platform yeah.
0: yeah no it's certainly it's it's uh it's super fun to watch when you put capability in users hands yeah. as as you know well what they do with it and you know brooks running comes to mind as an example where uh, early on they they started to extend utility of Data in a way that we hadn't planned on uh, in, our, in our product, uh, which we welcomed, of course. And you mentioned it; R and D was was super interesting. Hey, you know we're the world's best running shoe company, and uh, we have a bunch of data now uh, in Amparity that we've collected around our customers, and we're really honoring and using around our customers, and we're able to really precisely look at return patterns and understand, you know, how often is this particular model of shoe coming back versus when somebody's buying a new one because they, you know, wore out the old one and using customer data as one of the inputs into product development was something we would not have uh, thought about ourselves, um, which is what I love about kind of the co-innovation with customers and when you can put capability in their hands. And I think the same applies to partners, like the the partnership we're building with Brightloom is such a great example of this, because the thing that, you know, oftentimes I think some companies um, unfortunately are, uh, are oversimplifying the set of challenges that exist inside of any one of these consumer businesses, as you know, and there really isn't a one size fits all. Uh, It's going to be very difficult to have, you know, an end to end platform uh, that can do everything for every function, including the underlying sort of data substrate. And so we think a really important part of bringing to life these use cases, uh, whether it's product development or whether it's better financial reporting or whether it's better personalized, hyper-personalized marketing to drive incremental lift is you have to have the data substrate, if you will, combined with the best-in-class functional capability in each of those areas. And so integration with a company that's going to drive loyalty uh, and drive revenue like Brightloom or integration with a company that's going to help ensure good financial reporting uh, you know, like a Tableau, uh, or, you know, in our case, even uh, integration with the underlying data warehouse, like a snowflake, like these, the, the ecosystem is so important, because uh, if, if you have a neatly orchestrated ecosystem of tools that are both horizontal, like Amparity focused on the data, and then the functional products that are focused on what users in each of those lines of business are trying to do, then you create magic for yeah. your, your users and your users create magic for the consumer. Uh, and that's what we see in a bunch of these customers where we're fortunate to work together.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Speaking of magic, uh, you know, Bright Loom has only been around really in its current form for a little over a year. We're just now seeing our first examples of customers running campaigns using our smart segments and and seeing positive results. And, you know, <laughs> it's how it's supposed to work. But you'd you should see Ben and I on some of these customer calls where you know, us, we're just as excited as the customer because it is, it is like magic, right? It's like everything with technology. When it works well, it's almost indistinguishable from magic is that famous quote from like Arthur C. Clarke or whatever. Right. And, yes, and, that, yes. and that is, that is totally what you're saying. And I, and I, and with data, it's, it's, it's the same thing, right? Cause it's in fact, in some ways data is so invisible and so difficult at times that if you can get it, out of the ground, so to speak, and get it into use. Uh, it's amazing what, what can happen. Let, let me ask you a question, Kabir, because you know you're you you've been doing this for you know your whole career. You've been you know, parity has been around uh, for a while and it's successful. And you know we're excited to be working with you. But you know one one thing that is interesting is when Ben and I talk to customers about the power of using their data. Um, you know, you get it. You get so many different types of reactions from the customers. Uh, universally, they all they all get. There's there's power there. and There's an asset there to be leveraged. But it's sometimes people are excited about it. Sometimes people are scared. Um, sometimes they're confused. What would you say without getting into specifics? Like, what would you say are the um, most common uh, either misunderstandings that that customers have around their data or what, or, or just, what are some surprise, what would be surprising for our, our listeners to hear? Cause you know, you're in it every day, you've been doing it your whole career. Like give us, give us some thoughts on, you know, kind of what you find and, and kind of, you know, that, that process is sort of that learning process on the part of the customer a lot of times.
0: Yeah. You know, it's changing really rapidly, which is the really fun part, as you know, of, of an incredibly dynamic space that we're all in together and I love the analog you use. It's, it's right on, which is getting the data out of the ground uh, is really hard to do and requires a specific set of tools that's different than, okay, now I've used a set of tools to get the data out. Now I want to go activate it. Uh, and how do I think about that piece of the, the value chain? And historically, I'd say the awareness of, hey, we have a lot of data. What do we do with it? Uh, was pretty low. Uh, I think a lot of companies, you know, four or five years ago, undervalued the the first party data they have and how to think about it. And it's it's literally been, as far as I can tell, close to a 180 degree flip uh, today, where there's a tremendous amount of awareness around the value of the first party data that any company has, and the their their inability to use it effectively. Uh, and so we're, we're finding that there's this incredible triangulation between awareness of the issue, uh, desire to solve it, um, and an understanding of the impact that you can create when you actually bring that data to life. Uh, And so I'd say that's a a big evolution of the journey for sure. No,
2: that's it. And let, let, let me, let me pull that a little bit further. So when, what have you found at Imperity? Now that you see what you're saying is that there's, a 180 degree flip, there's more awareness that the data is valuable, that they can use it, that they should be using it. Um, what When you start to get in with your customers now, what tends to be sort of the the journey, not so much the sales journey, but just like the understanding journey? Like yeah. what, 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 for example, I'll be specific, like what tends to be one of the biggest sticking points? Like you get in there, like, let's do this. OK, like yeah. you're beyond you're beyond sort of having to convince them, I'm in, let's go. What, what typically is one of the first things that you run into that you have to kind of muscle through a lot of times?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, these types of capabilities fit very squarely in overall business transformation. And with any transformation project, there's always a, a, a fair amount of investment, both emotionally and financially, that's happened in any one of these companies. And so I'd say the number one sticking point is, hey, we started, you know, we, a customer that uh, we onboarded on recently, uh, you know, had been working on this problem for eight years. And so you can imagine if you're part of the team that was involved in, you know, building capability, trying to actually bring to life some version of a customer 360, and, and with good reason, right? There's a lot of great work that's done. And so I think part of the, approach. And the approach we try to take is, well, let's leverage all that good work. Let's build on that versus and giving you the opportunity to assemble the right set of tooling and the right customer data ecosystem versus requiring you to do a whole hog change. Uh, and so I'd say kind of just the, the, and I don't want to say political challenges because it's not as, as trite as, as that might sound. It's really uh, the, the complexity of the investments that have been made both in time and money to be able to actually bring to life uh, this the vision that these these companies have had for for a long time,
1: and and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago in terms of where within the organization the the urgency is to um, create the foundation for unlocking the value of your customer data and so forth. Um, and it seems it seems to me, based on what you just described, Kabir, that. The fact that more and more there's a greater diversity of interest uh, within these companies in the problem space, um, it doesn't make it easier necessarily, but it, it may make it a little bit simpler to get that critical mass of, of alignment and ownership internally that you need to uh, for something like this to be to be successful. Is that what do you what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And that's where it then comes, comes down to the evidence and saying, right. hey, let's get dirty in the data and actually help bring to life examples where, you know, the, the all the key stakeholders in the company may not understand that, oh, we actually have seven records of the same customer being yeah. the same person like there's seven different people and here's the really scary part which again both of you know well turns out it's your best customers that spend the most amount of money with you that you have the most data about which creates the most opportunities to screw it up yep. and so we often find that it's the most value in fact i would say we find consistently that it's your most valuable customers that you are having the worst experience delivered to because you have so much data about them. And if you're not organizing it the right way and viewing it as a, as a unified customer, uh, you're just creating tons of opportunities for all of your different lines of business to fail and how they serve that consumer. What, what that's, oh, sorry. A, s- s-
1: sorry to uh, uh, jump in here, Adam, but, but just yeah. follow following up on that, Kabir, like I think that's such an interesting point. Like w- what's, a, what's an example or two that come to mind And obviously, you know, we can, we don't need to name names, but I'm curious, like an example or two that comes to mind where, where you've seen that in action. um, I'll, I'll I'll,
0: you know, me, I'll (laughs) name it. Let's let's talk about legendary CMO, uh, incredible consumer leader, Amy Johnson. And we remember when Amy Johnson was the CMO at Starbucks and has, you know, blazed the trail and, and is doing incredible stuff at Zillow now. and, Uh, Amy is spelled A-I-M-E-E and Amy Johnson was uh, the perfect example to use to highlight the problem. And uh, I remember when we did our our pilot there, uh, because that's how we like to go to market and say, Hey, let us show you the technology. Let's bring it to life. It was like, well, let's pull up the record of Amy Johnson and see how we were treating her before uh, we deployed Amparity. And she worked at the company. She was a very active customer. Uh, had lots of data about her between personal email addresses and work email addresses and the loyalty program and all these other places. And uh, you see an, a, a perfect example of somebody who is an incredible customer and somebody that we should know a lot about, but it just given how hard the technical problem is uh, and how gnarly it is, it was, it was easy to uh, look at Amy as four or five different customers, which was, I think, the case at the time.
2: You know, not- sorry, Ben, sorry, I didn't mean to, to jump on top of you, but that is uh, so funny. First of all, it, uh, I don't know if you know, but Amy Johnson is probably scheduled to be our next guest on the podcast. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I not to steal thunder, and we don't normally announce the guests ahead of time just in case something comes up, but Amy is a good friend of the company and of the show, and uh, is our scheduled next guest i hope so amy if you're listening uh you can't cancel on this now but that but isn't that funny the sec- <laughs> and we'll the sec- spell her name correctly yeah and i did that,
0: not know that that was I know, plan. You, that's
2: a- I, I know you did and that's why i'm saying this is like sometimes some things in life are just beyond serendipitous and funny so the the other thing i'd say on that example that is interesting is that um uh i i didn't think about that before about how you're right. With my, if, if you are constantly a customer of a, of a brand over the years, you've changed email addresses, you've uh, decided to sort of change some things about how you interact, and you're probably interacting on multiple channels, right? Like you're, you're, if you're one of the best customers, you're probably one of the more omni-channel versions of a customer. So I didn't even think about how they there's a, there's going to be more likely that your best customers are going to have this issue of needing to identity resolve. Uh, their data so that you can have a clean understanding of who your customers really are, you know. But I, I was going to ask you uh, as a follow-up to that: Do you, when you, do you find Kabir that most of the consumer brands that you work with that are out there are they using uh, data to more to do, get insights to understand their customer base and understand their business, or are they using it more? To drive their business and engage their customers, and uh, and or is it is it pretty equal?
0: You know, I I aim to have our and we all aim to have our customers partner with us on what we call the journey to customer centricity. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think it's um, any one of those things, Adam. I I do think it's a journey. I think about it a little bit like a like a golf swing, and you got to get the the whole thing right. And so you want to use data. Uh, at the uh, at the outset to ensure that you're using it to inform your strategy, you're developing insight, you're using that then to neatly move into planning, which neatly moves into how you ultimately think about activation and how you use that data for hyper-personalization um, in a way that serves a customer, right? You know, as a consumer, don't ask me for information you already have, right? Um, right. Don't target... Yeah me, you know, uh, f- understand in the context of when I'm shopping for myself or I'm shopping for my family. Uh, yeah. And these are the kinds of things that, you know, technology has evolved to where we have the data, we have the tooling. You know, as you know, we use a tremendous amount of AI and machine learning in our product and and the, the technology exists uh, to, to be really great at this. Yeah. Uh, and by thinking about it as a journey, uh, I think a company is able to actually, activate each of those, whether it's strategy development, whether it's insights and, and planning, all the way to ultimately how you drive the customer experience.
2: Yeah, one one of the things I, I just I was telling you about this last week when we were talking Kabir with Ben, but but I just wrote a blog post getting at the fact that about how it, it's super Interesting how technology companies. What we think of technology companies in these days, and and specifically, I mean like Google, Amazon, and Facebook. Yeah, they they're like the, the the best example. I mean, there's a lot more technology companies than that, but they're like your your quintessential technology companies. And one of the things, one of the advantages they have, and it's sort of their reason for being in a lot of ways, is that they are publishers. They are, uh, they they have incredible amounts of data on their their users they're I, I, you know not really they're not really customers right i guess they are in the case of amazon but in the case of facebook and google they're users and um, and it's kind of perfect data meaning like unlike a retailer or a restaurant or a wholesaler like other consumer brands that we deal with you know at at Parity and, and bright loom and, and the like like they're they're they've got like 100% great data on 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 their users and they're very good at at basically doing data engineering, data science, data modeling, mm-hmm. Data, mm-hmm. data, you know, creating actionable mm-hmm. uh, targeting against that data. And then if you're a brand though, you have a ton of data. And yet we've we've sort of watched over the last 10 years that those consumer brands have sort of seeded all of the targeting and most effective publishing is how I called it. Like if you really think yeah. about it, marketing is publishing. And so like they've just seeded it to these technology companies, but, because of companies like Amparity, for example, and even Brightloom, hopefully, like these brands can sort of take that back. They can become technology companies in their own right. And I just, yep. you know, I'm, I'm so excited about what you guys are doing in Amparity around in that regard. Because to, what do you call it like this sort of the, the base layer or whatever you call that uh, for dealing with data? You know, I'd love to get your thoughts on like, are you starting to see that as well? Like, you know, yeah. brand, brands realize like, well, why can't we do the same thing? Why can't we be a technology company?
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm fascinated by this topic and I'm incredibly passionate about it. We could probably have a whole show just on this topic, but I'll give you the teaser for that, which is these companies, your point, and I'll use Facebook and Google as just the, the pre- premium examples. Uh, they do have, as you described, call it perfect data on, on the user. Uh, if you're a consumer brand, the problem is it's not your data, it's their data. But it is your customer. And that's the thing that we're super passionate about is think about the, I often describe the relationship between a consumer and the brands they spend their time and money with as sanctimonious. I really do believe it's a very special relationship because we make hundreds of, of thousands of subconscious decisions about where we spend our time and money based on our values. You know, take for the example, if you're wearing a Patagonia jacket. You're wearing a Patagonia jacket because you know Patagonia cares deeply about sustainability and cares about the environment and you do too. And that's the kind of company you want to do business with. And that's where you want to spend your money. Uh, you put your kid in a Volvo car because you associate that with safety. And that's really important to you, right? There's just so much meaning behind the the ethos of the consumer and the brands they choose to surround themselves with. And unfortunately, I do believe that companies like Facebook and Google have disintermediated that relationship. And the, these consumer businesses are incredibly powerful with really deep relationships with the consumer that should be honored. And so we absolutely are seeing our customers have both a uh, desire and an ambition to say, look, you know we need to own those relationships with our customers. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to interact with those other platforms or use those other platforms. But we have to have, and we, we're seeing this. I mean, much bigger topic. But like, we got to get control over this, right? And when you've got, you know, misinformation spreading throughout, you know, these these platforms and causing, you know, riots and you know insurrections. Like, I mean, there's a problem here, right? And so, like this, it's all it all kind of. I know it sounds crazy, but it all fits together. Uh, and so, you know, I was talking to a customer. I won't. I won't share who. Uh, maybe two weeks ago. About this topic. And and the phrase that she used was so interesting, talking about social platforms and the the incredible amount of of money that, as you know, consumer brands historically have had to spend to drive customer acquisition there. And she said it really well. She said, I'm not going to build this business on rented land. And I think that's a really powerful way to think about Mm -hmm. the importance of your own first party data asset, because it's not just about the data, it's about the fundamental relationship with your customer. That is
2: a great quote.
1: That is that is, and that that I, I think uh, we'll take you up on the offer, Kabir, and we'll have you back for another uh, <laughs> another round because I think it, it that is a topic that is worth spending uh, at least uh, another uh, another hour on um, uh, with us. So um, stay tuned to the invite for that uh, for that conversation. Um, last question before we let you go is is one we love to ask of guests that we have on the podcast, and that is. You know, as a consumer, um, what's a what's a recent experience that you've had that was that was notable in some way with with a brand and and what did you take away from that?
0: Yeah, I you know I uh, for me in the pandemic, uh, I've never been much of a car person. I don't use my car a lot, and I've obviously had to use it more. And the the seamless. um, I'll actually point two examples that are similar. Uh, the seamless omni-channel experience that uh, I've had. Um, I had to do a Target run recently. And the uh, way in which, uh, and this was a really cool example where my wife did a bunch, she bought a bunch of stuff using the app. And then she said, hey, would you mind going and picking it up? And sent me like a a code of some kind, or I think she just sent me a link. um, And basically like drive to Target at Northgate for UC Adelites. And you just pull into like a designated parking spot you click this link that she had texted me and literally like three minutes later, somebody showed up and loaded everything in our car. And I thought to myself, like, I want to shop this way. Even yeah. if take this away when the pandemic goes away, because this is such a, a convenient, elegant shopping experience. Uh, the same thing, you know, we, we all love the innovation that both of you worked on at Starbucks and uh, being able to go to my local Starbucks and, Pull into a parking spot and say, "Hey, I'm in parking spot number three And somebody comes out, super friendly, and you know you're excited to greet them, and they're excited to greet you, and they hand you a fresh cup of coffee. I just, I think those kinds of the way in which you know your mobile device and your in home experience touches the physical goods, and you can kind of experience that in a really convenient way, uh, has, has been really uh, amazing to be a part
1: of. Those are those are such good examples of, of again another theme that we've sort of uh, come back to over and over and over again over the last year with this podcast and that is the amount of sort of pressure on businesses to be innovative and to, to innovate quickly and then the the innovations and the inventions that are coming out of that that are going to stick around um, for the foreseeable future it's it's one of the the aspects of the last year that I think is going to be really exciting to, uh, to watch and see how it unfolds going forward. Um, well, well, Kabir, uh, thank you so much for, uh, spending some time with, with us on the podcast, sharing your knowledge and experience with Adam and, and me and our listeners. Um, And to our listeners, uh, check back soon for another conversation focused on digital customer experiences. And until then, be happy and stay safe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kabir.
0: Have fun talking to you guys. Thank you so
1: much. It was great. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B. Straley.